Good afternoon, you are listening to Resonance 104.4 FM and this is Art Then and Now with me, your host, Anna Gammons. This is the show where we explore art from the past and art from the present to understand how we as humans have expressed ourselves through time. So we're still in lockdown and I'm hopefully still keeping you entertained with episodes of Art Then and Now. And I'm still going to be talking about artists in lockdown, which has been the theme of the last, I think, five episodes. This is number six of uh, of what I've been doing. And it's just a chance to sort of connect with artists um, because usually I work with a lot of them. I see a lot of them in the studios that I work in and uh, and I obviously missing that connection with people and also I think art has the amazing ability to connect us get us expressing ourselves during times which are a little bit hard which is going to form the theme of today a little bit and I'll explain more about that in a second but yeah I hope you've been enjoying the artist in lockdown series of episodes I've been producing Today's interview is with artist Laura Zabo, who designs fashion items out of recycled tyres. I know how that sounds, but really and truly, you need to look at her work. It's truly phenomenal. And she's got a huge following online. She's even been featured on The One Show as well. And during lockdown, she had a very creative solution to uh, not wanting to be uh, locked inside her house in London, um, inside a flat. But before that, we haven't really done a whole lot of um, the then part of our then and now. Uh, So I thought I would look at a masterpiece from history, which is a self-portrait and it's made to process the external and internal ramifications of plague um, in Europe. And it's one of the by the one of the most well-known European artists and I thought it was appropriate in light of what's going on with COVID-19 to see how art can be a language used for expression even in the darkest of time. So recently I have read a lot of different articles about how artists have processed the idea of plague and disease throughout history. Uh, you know art is used as as a way to sort of document things that are happening, you know, big events. History paintings are a really big part of art history and so is documenting, you know, really tricky times and plagues are one of those, you know, from the Black Death in Europe from the 14th century to now and we're sort of experiencing our own plague of sorts and um, to me it sort of just continued to highlight how art can be used to express and how it can be used to inform and also comfort through times of significant difficulty like now which is exactly you know what I'm hoping to achieve with you know the work with the show that I'm presenting to you and often during these times in order to survive we tend to look internally to the strength inside of us and I know over the over the last couple of months I've been trying to understand myself a little bit better and learn new tools to cope with the new reality that we found ourselves in. And uh, yeah, so I found this masterpiece. It really, really spoke to me. And it is by Edward Munch. And it's his self-portrait with the Spanish flu from 1919. And it's, you know, a really nice recognition of what was going on in his context. And it made me think about how we can relate to some of the themes that are explored in this piece. A lot of the information I got about this work came from a BBC Culture article and also one from uh, dailyartmagazine.com. They use they both use the image as a way to talk about the different ways that artists have explored their internal and external context during these trying times. So I wanted to reference those two sources before I continue. So Edward Munch is probably most famous for his 1893 work, The Scream. But the piece I'm talking about is a different piece and it's specific to 
uh, his experience of the Spanish flu, as I said, in 1919. It began in 1918. It was a pandemic, uh, an influenza pandemic, and it lasted around 15 months. And it infected around 500 million people, and that was about a third of the world's population during that time, which is absolutely crazy. And it was responsible for the death of over 50 million people, just to give you a little bit of context as to, you know, just really how bad the Spanish flu was. Um, So Munch was in the category of those people who got the flu, but fortunately he survived it. And he painted his portrait at the time where he was ill with the flu as a sort of way to document and process the pain of his personal experience and also comment on the more universal themes of, of life and death, which of course we are confronted by at the moment. And and you know this was back in 1919 so I thought the parallels would be thought-provoking and hopefully quite comforting as well if you google this piece if you look it up the first thing you probably notice and for me this was the most obvious um indication the work was done quickly is the sort of rough brushwork and probably because Munch was extremely weak during his recovery so probably didn't have that many hours to spend slaving over a masterpiece uh, and perfecting things So it looks a little bit rushed, but I think this only adds to its appeal for me anyway. His skin appears very gaunt, it's very sallow in this image. Uh, He's he's very much depicted alone. His mouth is slightly open as well and he's covered in a blanket. Uh, The open mouth has been said by contemporaries to sort of mirror his the scream you know with the clutching of the face and the open mouth and perhaps that is why he painted his mouth open but others have suggested this is also to sort of uh reflect the idea that he is really struggling to breathe um, at this particular time. The image uses very jarring colour combinations as well, which is interesting. There's a lot of orange and green, which has a slightly confrontational edge uh, to it, I I feel. The fact that Munch is also staring out at us, the audience, is also reflective of this to me too. It seems to mirror the purpose of the piece, which is to confront ideas of illness and death and to be bold in one's vulnerability and... Munch does this really nicely using, you know, using that colour palette. The colours of Munch himself and the background are very heavily blended, which analysis has suggested is is a representation of this sort of delirious experience that Munch is having during his illness with the flu. You know, the colours are blending, his vision's probably blending together. You know what it's like when you've, you're really, really unwell and things sort of start to, you know, am I dreaming? Am I awake? I've had a lot of medication. I don't know what's going on. The blurred lines and the blurred distinction between, between you and your environment. His isolation is also worth mentioning. You know, we see a very frail human with an empty space space around them and I I think it's probably a comment on the mental difficulties of physical illness you feel very alone you feel very isolated and it can be a really scary thing as well um and it's also said that Munch you know feared he might die from his disease and so wanted to document his last days so we really get this idea of him you know being alone in this sort of scary time and 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 what that meant for him emotionally and and how he's decided to represent that but to me, and possibly because this is probably probably more I want to see, the image, despite being on the surface about lone suffering, and you could interpret that way for sure, it's actually about connection because Munch is sort of connecting with his internal and his external reality in a different way through art, but also connecting with his audience as well and, and having them join him on you know, his journey and and sort of empathising and understanding suffering, which as humans, we are so familiar with the idea of suffering, you know, to different degrees. 
and it's an image that hopefully we can connect to on lots of different levels as well so for me it is it is about connection as well not just the lost connections that he's experiencing but the new ones he's gaining by creating the work in the first place so you know the potential of connection which is you know a really uplifting way of seeing it and that's certainly um how i read it it is now time for my interview with laura zarbo who is a fantastic example of making the best of a bad situation in terms of her work and where she's decided to be so enjoy my interview with laura so I'm here with Laura Zabo, who is founder of Upcycle Fashion. How are you, Laura? Hi, Anari. Thank you so much. Yes, I am very, very well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How how strange is this new uh, crazy time that we live in? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's so extreme. I, I still just can't believe it, if I am very honest. But yeah, I really hope that, that everything will just turn back to normal rhythm as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah, I think we're all uh, we're all hoping that um, <laughs> it gets it gets back to how it was fairly soon. Um, so it's very busy. I have to admit that it's very busy. But the good thing is that I enjoy so much to be on the field and on the countryside. I mean, just like under the sun all day, not stuck in. It's perfect. Really, really nice. Yeah, that's so great. And is this is this a farm that people that you know, or is this just people were asking for help and you just kind of stepped up? Or so basically, what happened that when the when the pandemic just started and uh, the news started to talk about the lockdown, I said, okay, this is really not for me, and I want to escape. So I start to ask people on my social media. And at the same time, I was also browsing the internet. And I just, uh, yeah, no, this farm was recommended by one of my friends. So I just sent an email that I am from London. I really would like to escape from the town. I would love to work on the field. I, I want to learn about horticulture. And they said, okay, just come. So everything just happened in two weeks' time. But I, I just really wanted to keep my freedom and and be staying outside as much as I can. This is the spring, the most beautiful part of the year. So I love yeah. that. I love that you just <laughs> you're one of these people uh, I know that just kind of take life by the horns and you just do things, which I love. Um, I guess the best thing to do, because I was thinking about how to introduce what, what it is that you do and what you're so amazing at, but probably better coming from you. So if you could explain for, for me and for the listeners uh, what, it, what Upcycle does, and because um, you have quite an unusual company, which is very exciting. So I'll let you have the floor. <laughs> uh, okay. So basically, since 2013, I Upcycle tires and in it tubes so i don't know why but i just love tires and i love this tough material and i create fashion accessories such as belts jewelry dog accessories sometimes clothing sandals so actually like almost like anything i really like the fact that this material is just like really so unwanted people don't care about the tire waste problem but at the same time, it just gives gives me the full freedom to create anything. So I don't have too many competitors. I can just play around with it. I can just let my fantasy, you know, fly anywhere. So um, I just try to upcycle as much as possible and create the most beautiful pieces that my that that I can just can imagine. 
because you you've made some amazing pieces as as uh, laura just said she she's makes jewelry she makes shoes um i've seen uh, like accessories necklaces um how did your first introduction to using that material go were you, were you just kind of like i think there's something else we could do with these tires because it just seems it, i mean it works amazingly well but i would never put those two things together <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the story, the, maybe the first step uh, comes from my childhood, that every time when I was walking in the forest and I found garbage or tires be left behind, I was just always super upset. So I just couldn't accept that people just throw away things in the forest when they, when they don't need it, and it happens many times with tires. So you can just find so many bicycle and car tires between the bushes and the forest. And um, five years ago, I have moved to Tanzania, and one day when I was walking at the local Maasai market, I found some brightly painted sandals. Obviously, because Africans are so poor, they try to recycle everything they have. And they actually created really interesting slippers or flip-flops um, made out of this tough rubber. And when I saw those uh, flip-flops, I just fell in love with this idea and decided that I want to bring back this idea to Europe. And... Uh, I just jumped into this project immediately, honestly. So it was so funny because I was walking at the market, I saw the sandals, I said, wow. And on my way back home, I was already thinking, well, how, what I will need to do, uh, what is the what um, the brand will be called, uh, who I need to contact. So all the full process started immediately and I am, when I am interested in something, I never wait. I just jump into kind of any kind of project. And yeah, after a few days, I was already in the middle of the process. And yeah, this, this is just like going on forever. So it came from, so Tanzania was the original, yes. kind of, um, the seed was planted in Tanzania. Amazing. And had you had any formal training in the arts or do you have a background in arts? Or was this just something that you were like, no, I've got this all mapped out. I know and this is how my brain works and I can do this. No, unfortunately, no. Uh, I don't have any background. Um, I think that working with tires needs a lot of creativity and, uh, and, and courage maybe. So obviously it would be maybe better if I have like this kind of background, but I don't really think that actually many artists would be interested, you know, to pick up tires and yeah, yeah. <laughs> them back home. It just intrigues me whether you come from like fine art to, to tires or whether it's just something that was kind of bubbling inside of you. No, I don't know. It's just like, it's like a really, really crazy story as this. I just wanted to learn and I started to bring back home tires and I started to play with them and everything just growing, you know, it's like growing itself. Amazing. So how does the process work then? You, you t talk me through it like I am uh, a really ignorant and naive, which I am. <laughs> Um, how does it work? So you find these tires. Where do you find the tires? How does it become this beautiful jewelry that I've seen on your Instagram? Okay, so um, when I need tires, I usually just visit the local bicycle shops. 
and I ask them for bicycle tires or inner tubes. Most of the shops in my area, they already know me, so they actually collect the inner tubes for me. So every time when I need, I just go there after I need to wash them, and I, and I already have some techniques that I really, really love to use because I think that they are quite unique and, and also quite chic pieces. And usually when I start to craft, in my mind, the next next piece is already so it's already there. So I just start to craft, and I don't know. Everything is just like a, like a long, long connected uh, story or creation. So I don't really think or plan things. They just like they just like they just happen. So I cut the inner tubes. I start to create something. I really like to cut uh, leaves, for example, or um, create like the fringe skirt or the fringe necklace. So I want to, I want to create pieces that are very chic, outstanding, but um, wearable in any uh, occasion. So yeah. I really want that these pieces, they don't look anymore like rubber. They don't look anymore like garbage. I want that people, when they see them, they say, wow. And they get surprised when they understand what are they made of. They definitely do. I remember the first time you <laughs> told me that you made this beautiful jewelry out of tires. And I was like, I thought you were joking, <laughs> um, which you weren't at all. Um, Cause I was fortunate to uh, have a studio just next door to you a while back. But um, so do you add anything to the time? Cause I've seen some of your work and, and they're so colorful as well. Some of these pieces. So how does that work? Do you, do you kind of paint some of them or dye some of them or how does it, how does it, yeah, the painting, it was like a, actually a very, very long process because it took me maybe like three years that I found the proper painting for inner tubes. With bicycle tires, the situation is very simple. You can just use almost like any kind of paint. But with the inner tube was a nightmare, honestly, mm -hmm. because the rubber, the, the um, it's so soft. It's so, um, yeah, so that the Yes, the painting just comes off immediately. So for three years, I tried almost like everything. Mm -hmm. And now finally, I know how to paint them. So I can just actually create any kind of effect. I really like to use like natural colors, brown, green. And, uh, and uh, I think that maybe the painting is the most special things because uh, as I said, it's so hard to paint tires and inner tubes. But uh, I think the painting makes them so fresh and and um, unique yeah, colorful, well. unique. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's your personal kind of. Um, it's an original artwork as well. Then I mean, it is anyway because obviously the jewelry is the artwork. But Thank you. you're kind of adding to it, which is really cool. And I I love what you said about the fact that they're kind of for any occasion because um, I've seen a lot use a lot of models to kind of um, and yourself as well. Laura is very very beautiful for those of you that can't see her. Um, <laughs> but um, but they are kind of any occasion you can wear them you've, you've got images with ball gowns and kind of everyday mm -hmm. images so um is there a certain style that you would say is more suited to evening versus day or are they kind of just anything and everything anything and everything i really like sexy clothing i really like when you can be sexy and smart at the same time mm -hmm. i really enjoyed that i create for example lately also like harnesses but everything must be sexy but always smart 
as well. Wait, you mean women can be sexy and smart? (laughs) 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 No, it's calling on that. I know, I know. I really like to shock people and I try to also create pieces that are I still quite unique uh, in a way, sorry, that made out from rubber. So um, many things that we buy are usually just like made out of leather or, or fake leather coming from Asia or something. But I would like to show that actually this material is perfect for almost like anything. Um, and for that reason, I, I I try to have like a very wide range of creations or products. I don't like to call them products, but in the end, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, yes, I like I like sexy and smart spaces. Absolutely. <laughs> and you you sometimes wear your own things too. And I've I've noticed um, there's kind of new ranges coming out all the time. Do you have any favorites that you're kind of really enjoying you enjoy particularly or is it kind of just everything you enjoy wearing and making and because you're very involved with your brand is what I mean like Mm -hmm. personally so so I started uh, I I upcycle since 2013 so I made thousands of bats I don't like to make one bats anymore I don't want (laughs) absolutely don't like to make the bat it's quite funny because I really like the painting process, but I don't like to collect uh, bicycle tires anymore to insert the buckles. And I like when I create one, two or three pieces, but I don't want to focus anymore on quantities. But lately, I just enjoy so much the jewelry. Mm-hmm. I really like, maybe the moment when I started to paint, paint them has changed everything because now playing with the colors and create... Uh, many different effects and styles I just honestly I just want to do up jewelry like almost like all day and every day and from the morning because it gives me such a wide not even wide such a big big no I would say it's just like became limitless Mm. so I could just do this like for hours and days constantly, always having a new idea. So yes, definitely the jewelry. And I like the harnesses too. Awesome. But obviously with harnesses, you just can't do so many things. So I really like the the big necklaces that I create lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to direct everyone where to go after this to go and look at your stuff because you really have to see it to believe it. It's quite amazing. Um, but I know that there's also a very strong um, environmental undertone to your work as well like you're doing this for a variety of reasons you you care a lot about I guess the global crisis I I suppose Um, we're not talking about corona although we will talk about corona but in terms of environmentally um, what's your kind of ethos in terms of your brand and how that works with the environment as well well I think that the basic basic things should be that first of all we really pay attention how we throw away things and where we throw away things. So I understand that we can't keep everything and we can't recycle, but I get so upset when I see garbage in the nature, when people just driving, they don't need something, bomb, they just throw away out of the car. This is the basic thing that I just can't accept from, from this age. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, I think we should be way more conscious what we buy what we really need 
and what we can still reuse because many times we just change things that are absolutely in perfect condition they absolutely usable but we just need something new all the time because we are unhappy inside so we think that if we buy everything we will be more happy but it's not the case we always need to buy something we throw away everything so no i think this is completely sick um i think we should we should really appreciate what we have and use things as much as we can. And instead of throw away things or reuse or give it to someone or give it in a proper place. But I think that we really should change this kind of this kind of behavior. For example, let's say 80% of the things I buy are always secondhand. Even if someone don't like second-hand clothes, but if you browse a little bit the internet, if you are really looking for something, you can find even new things buying from someone else who doesn't need that piece. So I think uh, this 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 change would be amazing. But I think the basic thing is just please don't throw away things at least on the street or in the nature. Just at least this kind of consciousness would be would be the basic things that we should start to do collectively. Absolutely. And after the next step would be how we buy, how we reuse, what we can reuse. I absolutely agree with you. I think um, you're ahead of the game in realizing that you can't change the external to fit to fix the internal mm. to do the work and it you buying things and, and you know material possessions don't change the way that you feel they're just they just they can for a short time but not permanently um so i think that that's an amazing message that you're sending out with your work and it leads us nicely on to talking about what you've been doing in nature uh during the coronavirus because laura <laughs> laura's gone full throttle into something very different which i love so i'll let you talk about what you've been up to since the pandemic started well the pandemic actually is a very interesting period for me because so I was living in London, but when the pandemic started and people and the news started to talk about the lockdown, I got scared that I will need to stay at home. So I said, okay, I really need to change this fact. So I decided that I will look, that I want to look for a place where I can volunteer. So I jumped on the internet looking for farms, asking people who, who can recommend me any place where I can start volunteering. And um, after like a few days, I received uh, someone that recommended me a farm near Stevenage where uh, I sent an application. Thanks God they accepted me. So basically now I am here for like two weeks. I wake up in the morning, I work, I go to work on the field. I do literally everything, everything what you can imagine, the good and the bad things, weeding, seeding, whatever, which actually I really like because it's a lot of physical work and because I love nature, it's just like amazing, you know, bees and birds and plants and I learn a lot about horticulture. But thanks God, I finish every day at one o'clock so i have time for a little bit myself i do some sport i go to exercise i go cycling and the evening is always for the art so still i can continue my work i can recycle i can work a little bit on my website so actually it's good because i have never been so much time outside so basically i wake up and i am all day uh under the sun 
and yeah it's just like it's great it's yeah. I, I i like it <laughs> you honestly i think you might be the most positive person i've spoken to during this whole thing which means you're doing something right so or you're doing something that feeds you in the way that you need to be fed which is really really awesome and um i just love that you're working on a farm i just think that's so great because as i said i know you from being an artist in london which is um so far away from what you're doing now but, I love it. <laughs> but you've also got you've got time for the art as well so you're staying creative which is really really cool um and I guess my last and most important question is where can people go to find out more about you your work and what you're up to and see your amazing pieces oh thank you so much Anna so my website is um laurazabo.com z-a-b-o and my Instagram profile is Laura underscore Zabo. I think on Instagram I have so many interesting images which completely um, show my, my work and the past and everything. And yeah, my website is the, the actual collection, the latest pieces, and uh, yeah, also the story story behind absolutely oh well laura thank you so much for talking to me today this has been really great thank you so much anna it's so nice to hear from you again (laughs) (laughs) and that is all we have time for this afternoon thank you very much for listening to art then and now with me anna gammons and i want to take the time again to thank our nhs and our essential workers for keeping us safe and uh and also just remind you guys that we're all in this together and that connection is really important right now. So if you can reach out to someone that you think might be having a hard time, then do it because not only will that be a positive for them, it will most likely be a positive for you as well. So see you next week at 3.30 on Resonance 104.4 FM and stay safe.